This is the Shep Show. 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 I feel really good now. Three. Keep drinking that energy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make art. Make art. Make art. And when things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Make Microphone check. One, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. In a transitional world, okay. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know? Sometimes you, know, you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it, it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens game, every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. The skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we it's take like over the streets. Hey guys, what's up? It's Anthony Shetler here. I just wanted to introduce our guest today, Andrew Cannon. Just a real good friend of mine. The podcast was amazing. The man is just took on so much. Uh, twins and just ending a pro career and starting up as brand manager for NHS. We talk about a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And Andrew's an outgoing person and just a real genuine person who li- wears his heart on his sleeve. And I'm just so hyped he was my guest. I also just wanted to kind of tell you guys about All I Need Skate. Um, I'm just in awe of all the skate shops out there that have really supported um, and bought the skateboards and apparel and just shown us the love, man. It's like insane to me that we started, we just had this great idea and we started and it's grown to what it is. And it wouldn't happen without you guys out there that are buying the product and supporting it and showing us love and letting us know to just keep it going. So I just want to say thank you. If you're also if you're looking to support the co- podcast, there there are fees that come with running a podcast, and any help would be much appreciated. So if you could just check out allineedskate.com, we have a web store on there, and if you want to support the podcast, you could buy a beanie, some stickers. There's even decks on there, skateboard decks, and that would help support all I need and and support the podcast and help me keep these awesome conversations coming. And it means a lot, man. And I also just want to thank everybody out there, all the skateboarders out there. I, I want to talk to you guys directly and just say thank you for all the positive feedback from my Jankum interview. Um, it's not easy to do those interviews, man. My my background is what it is, and it's not easy to relive it and talk about it. And as I get older, I start to understand myself better. And just Jankum had the right questions, and I feel like this interview pretty much summed up how I grew up. And why All I Need started and just everything behind it. So everyone who wrote me and showed me love, like I was so in awe. I didn't even really know what to say, but thank you. So I just want to let you guys know that your feedback touches me and keeps me keeps me going, man. Gives me more fire than you'll ever know. Like I'm down for skateboarding. I love this and I'm so glad you guys are out there on the same page. And whatever we want, whatever dreams we have, we can make them happen with hard work and dedication and you guys just let me know that's true. So this year, 2015, is going to be amazing. So thank you for all the support with the podcast, with with the New England Am contest, with my interviews, and just everyone. Thank you so much. I can't say it enough. Thank you, skateboarding, more importantly. We love you. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. Oh, Ten, two, three, ready? Nine, Hell yeah. Eight, say, come on. 
Sinning. To all my people, where you at? Put your fist up. We gon' twist up. Say, come on, come on. Experience the train. Hot boy. Come on. Experience rocking with the train. Right, hey, hey, we're back. It's the Shetler Show. That's what I say. We're back. Because we are. We're back on there. Today's guest is Andrew Cannon. What can I say about Andrew Cannon? Man, Andrew has done a lot in his very, very short life. How, how old are we now, Andrew? 29. Holy shit, man. You have done a lot in 20, 29 years. I will say that. We're make, we're definitely making our way, that's for sure. <laughs> Sick. And uh, for the people listening, let's, let's uh, tell them where you're at right now. So I'm in uh, Santa Cruz, California, and I am at my job. I'm the Santa Cruz and OJ Wheels brand manager. So I'm at... I'm live from NHS. <laughs> so cool, man. And what's up on the wall back there? Is that some uh, grip tape Grip tape art? I mean, dude, we've got so many, like, things going on here. You know what? I'm going to – let me see here. Hold on one sec, I think. Okay. Um, can you see me still? All right, one sec. All right, so I'm going to unplug. If we get there. You're, you're breaking up, but I can hear you. I can hear you. All right, so one sec. I'm going to just show you real fast. So our office is kind of crazy, like, just as far as, like, what we have going on. Wow, those gnomes are sick. Oh, yeah, those are the ones Dana made for me that my wife made. And then we have, like, dude, we have so much stuff, like, around the office. Like, this is Gavin's whole area. And then we have Keith's area from Indy. Ron over there, NHS. And then this is my zone. It's, like, my zone's still new, but it's messy. Mine's always messy. Like, Gavin is the Santa Cruz team manager. And he is so neat and, like, put together. And I just don't think that my brain can handle that. Well, that's, I'm glad that he's neat and together because as a team, for a team manager, that's what you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just funny because it's like we're so different in that respect, you know? Yeah, but, absolutely. But it's cool. It's cool, man. So how I've been starting off my podcast, man, it, uh, the last few since I got Skype is uh, I've been just asking you how you started your day. Today? Yeah, how did it, how'd you start from waking up? Uh, yeah, so basically, I mean, shit, I, last night I got up a couple times in the middle of the night, so, um, cause I got the twins, so basically, it's just kinda, like, my morning starts, usually my first alarm goes off at like 5 a.m., and I wake up between 5 and 6, um, and then, uh, sometimes I'll wake up at 6.30. It just depends on, like, how much sleep sleep I got the night prior. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I wake up, I make breakfast, I let my dogs out, feed them. My, uh, one dog has diabetes, so I have to give her a shot in the morning. Oh. And then, uh, from there, it's like, yeah, pretty much just, uh, you know, just, I might check skate sites, I might do a little bit of reading. I did yoga yesterday morning. Yes. Uh, and then uh, I've been – I'm trying to ride my bike to work a little bit more. I haven't the past few days. It's been super cold. But uh, so – Wait, 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 wait. What's what's super cold for you now? Well, for me now, it's like – I mean, it'll be like – it can be like 30s, 40s, you know? But, the river. <laughs> but it's – I mean, it's, it's like – but it's damp, you know? Like it's damp cold and just riding my bike outside is – fucking cold oh i imagine riding in that would be freezing for sure and are you wearing your uh the whole kit hell yeah dude spandex and all that shit (laughs) sick (laughs) yeah that's the that's the only way to do it so 
That's yeah. awesome. So you wake up early. You got the twins now, huh? How's how's yeah. it going, man? Dude, it's insane. It's a uh, it's fucking nuts. I love it. Like I'm so just it. You know what it is? Is it just seriously changes every day? Like every day, you're like you go home from work, and it's just like you can be exhausted. You know, like I mean, my job is like pretty mentally exhausting, and it like I go home and I'm just like, all right, here we go, let's do this because it's just it's so rad being a a parent. I'm loving it. That's awesome. And I was just gonna ask, do you feel do you feel like a father? Because it's so new, right? How old are your children? Yeah, it's still really new. They're um, a little over four months. They'll be five months. Holy shit, they'll be five months in like two weeks. Wow. Um, but you know what, man? It it uh yeah, I do feel like a dad. You know, there's like there's definitely some shit that like even when I found out Dana was pregnant, like everything changed. You know, because I mean, when World took a shit. It was, it was basically like the week before Dana and I had talked about having kids and then, you know, got the phone call and my lady wanted to backpedal and was like, I don't know, I don't think we should do it. And I was like, fuck that. Like, we're not going to let that dictate, like, we're not going to let money dictate something that we, you know, feel. Yeah. And then, uh, so we just, you know, we ended up, she got pregnant and then we found out it was twins. And then, you know, I was already kind of at that point where I was like, you know, nobody wants to put me on. I'm just going to kind of figure out what I'm going to do next. And, uh, dude, it was insane. Like, once I got over that hump of being like, okay, well, I'm not going to be skateboarding for a job anymore, I was like, cool. Like, now the world is a bit more like your oyster. So um, so then it was just kind of figuring out where and what I wanted to do, you know. And I, I got super lucky with this job. You know, like, I totally lucked out. And I can't believe I got this job, but uh, but now that I'm here, I'm I'm loving it. So it, it seems like to me that um, if you can make it in skateboarding, like if you can get to a professional level and uh, manage a career and be able to network and communicate and make friends and just be able to make it to the to the point where you have um, like you did a professional uh, you had professional decks out and you had uh, pro model decks out and you had uh, shoes out. I feel like. If you can manage to do all that and get to that point, it's like I feel like anything else is pretty much easy after that outside of skateboarding. It kind of depends, though. I mean, it depends on, like, what companies you're riding for and, like, you know, because, I mean, you know, like you and myself, for instance, like, with World, it was like, you know, yeah, Charlie was our team manager and, you know, Franklin was our team manager, but we were, I mean, we're adults. Like, we were weren't like, hey, can you guys, like, hold our hand on all this shit? Like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of dudes out there that are fully just need to be, like, held by the hand and taken through life. And some of those dudes are going to have pro boards and pro shoes, and, you know, they're not going to be able to do fucking anything when they're done. Yeah, I guess I guess what I was saying was if you're actually there. If you're yeah. there and you actually, like, work towards it and you, you earned it and, like, you put in what I consider, like, the effort to be a pro skateboarder. And not, and that doesn't just mean talent. Like, someone just hooking you up and you're very yeah, talented yeah. and very cool at the moment. So then you get all all the extras that come with it. I, I, I kind of meant our plight. Like, where you yeah, work yeah, for it. You know what I mean? So If you're blue-collar fucking work for it, guys, then, yeah, you're fine. You know? You'll be all right. Like, finding a, another job... Um, I think becoming a pro skateboarder from where we grow up and our situation on the East Coast and just being blue collar and like 
just uh, the attitudes around here, just trying to become a pro skateboarder. So if you can reach that level and actually do that, I feel like getting another type of job outside of that is like it's it doesn't seem as hard to me for some reason. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the coolest things that you know I feel like I was able to bring over from skating, you know, and I I'm not gonna lie, man, it's been an adjustment. Like um, originally, it was a bit of an adjustment, just being like, wow, I'm in the office now, you know, and I'm here way more than 40 hours a week. Like some weeks it's 50, some weeks it's 60. You know, it just depends on like kind of what the week dictates and um, what I'm able to get away with with the wife, because you know it's tough having twins. Yeah, you so, got you got um. The twins. I was trying to think of their name from Full House, but I Milo and Reed. <laughs> oh yeah, you got oh, Shell okay. and uh, who's the other one? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Perfect. So it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like a pretty pretty gnarly thing. But what I love about working versus trying to skate was that with skating, I mean, there's only so much ability that so-and-so might have and you know you can't change that but I mean you can work super hard and you may be able to do tricks but then there's always going to be dudes out there that are just really fucked up talented you know and there's nothing you can do those guys just have it and with working there's I feel like there's nothing I can't do with work you know like if I'm just like okay cool well I have to learn how to do this great I'll learn it you know like yeah you can spend enough time working on it and learning it to then make it so that it happens. And I fucking love that because I was always down to try a trick for days on end. Like I never gave a shit about that. Like I, so with this, it's just, it's totally transferable. It's like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll learn all this stuff. Let's just do it. Line it up, you know, but it's fucking tiring, man. It's stressful. Oh, I can only imagine, man. And uh, I definitely can speak on that. You're, you have an incredible work ethic. Anytime I've seen you try a trick that you really wanted to get, like when you're filming a trick, it's like something that's hard for you. And you would go through t-shirts of sweat just work, <laughs> working for that motherfucker. And I, and I loved it, man. And, and I, I noticed a little self-deprecating sound when you speak about skating. And I don't know, Andrew, you're always amazing at skateboarding. I, I think... I think in skateboarding, what kind of happens um, on a certain level is that people look at it like jobs and like what's good for the brand and this and that and what's cool and what are the kids are into and the marketing and all that shit. And uh, I think your type of skating kind of got put in the back burner sometimes, just not not because you're not on the same level or don't deserve to be pro, but just because of the general attitude of people that were in charge of the industry or in charge of these brands and they were trying to like do what made their numbers work. You know what I'm saying? Like you have an incredible talent at skateboarding. You're very consistent. You can do manual tricks that I could only dream of. You have your own unique style. You have personality. You bring to me, you're more of a professional skateboarder than some of the people we were talking about before. Like not, not, not saying names, but the kid that is just got that, the good moment, you know, where he's he has some tricks and then he's cool and then he gets put on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your total package is a pro skateboarder, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> well, thanks, buddy. You know, it it's cool because I feel like I got really lucky. Um, you know, like I, I mean, obviously I work for it, and I mean, you know, we've been on trips together and stuff, but it just really like I feel like the people that supported me through it were just rad people and. 
you know, they understood. And there were times when people would be like, dude, we need this from you. And it's kind of like, look, I'm on the team for this reason. And if you don't like it, then I don't have to be on your team, you know, because I just never wanted to be somebody that I wasn't. And that's been kind of cool too, is like, I feel like we have dudes on our team, you know, like with Santa Cruz and OJ and stuff. And it's like, Hey man, that's who that guy is as a skateboarder. Like you got to respect that shit, you know? Yeah. And I love having had the opportunity to have, you know, like more than anything, just to have traveled and have been in the van and have, you know, traveled with people that like are really good at skating. So you can understand like what people's role is and, you know, where they're valuable and just, be able to kind of relate on that level because fuck man, touring is tough. Oh yeah. It's like people, and it's really funny because you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's going to be great. You know, like, uh, I want to go on all these tours. I want to do this. And like, for instance, Gavin right now, um, he, the next year of his life is going to be insane. We have tours almost every month. Like he's going to Phoenix next week and then he goes to Australia next month in like three weeks. Wow. So like, we, and, and, you know, the next month is the same. It's like, then he goes to Tampa and it's just, it's really gnarly. And it seems so awesome. Like when you're planning it and then you're like four trips in and you're like, you haven't made a meal in like fucking three months. You've eaten out every time you feel like shit and you're just like exhausted from travel and from trying tricks and your body hurts and you're like, holy fuck, you know, yeah. like this is gnarly. But yeah, we were kind of we were kind of speaking about that on the last podcast. Just like um, even just your body, you know, you're just sore. You're so yeah. sore, and and when you're around so many people, no matter how much you like each other, it's hard for everyone to be in the same mood at the same time. Yeah, and and you're on tour, so there's certain um, demands that need to be met. You know, like you got to do demos, you got to. Sh- film you gotta and, and it's all pressure you put on yourself as well you know it's like stuff you want to do and you want to be not sore and you want to get along with everyone and it's just like after a couple of days or a weekend it's like who that really tests your limits on how you can get along with people how good you can control your own emotions like if you so i totally get it man <laughs> yeah and I'm, and that's dude it's so fucking cool like i had a really cool run and i really enjoyed it and i got to travel and i'm stoked and it's so awesome to be on this side of the desk now and be like, hell yeah, like, Gavin, you and the team are going to go do this, you know? And I go home to my wife and my kids, and, you know, on the weekends, like, we go to the farmer's market, and we do a family breakfast on Sundays, you know? I mean, like, it's awesome to have had that time and now to focus on kind of, like, my next thing in life. And, you know, because I'm very, I get real heavily focused, and I pretty much have like two speeds. It's like all or none. And for me, it was really cool to kind of um, like when I was like, okay, well, I'm not really going to skate for anyone. Like, I mean, I skated for Thieve and, you know, um, I skated for Brimley Price's company and, you know, I still skated for Swiss and stuff like that. But it just wasn't like, I wasn't going to be making money to live. And I was like, well, I'm not a pro skater, you know, like if, that just doesn't, to me, that's crazy. Like, if you're not making money to live, having your board on, your name on a board and shit like that, it's kind of like, well, you might be like a part-time pro, you know? Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with that. There's fucking tons of people that have jobs and skate, you know, and they have their name on a board. But to me, I was kind of like, well, I don't want to be a part-time pro. I just want to be a fucking dude with a job, 
you know. From an outside perspective, it seems like you just want to do whatever you do really well, and you don't want to spread yourself thin, just kind of like, you know, trying to do a little bit more than you can do at the moment, you know? Yeah, that's totally what it is. It's like, there's just, there's not enough time in the day, and fuck, man, especially with, like, doing what I'm doing. Plus, the coolest thing is just being a skateboarder, you know? And I'm so stoked that after all these years and everything, like, that's still the most important thing to me is just, like, being a skateboarder, you know? I don't need to be sponsored. I can, I'm totally content to go, like, buy shoes or buy, you know, like, obviously working at NHS, I don't have to buy, like, skateboard stuff, you know? But, like, I don't care because I'm stoked to be able to support the brands that I like. And, you know, it's just, it kind of changes everything. And there's no pressure. Anything that I'm doing on my skateboard, I'm totally doing for myself. And... You know, and there's times, I mean, I'm sure you feel it, like, there's times where you're like, dude, I don't want to fucking try this anymore, and when you were, like, when I was skating and trying to be sponsored, it was like, dude, you're exhausted. You're like, fuck, do I really <laughs> want to do this for this ad? And it's like, now I don't have to do that. It's all 100% for me. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page, Andrew. Now that I'm independent and I'm doing all I need, my whole attitude is, fucking, I'm doing it how I want. How I've always envisioned, however, I, and you know, and I have team riders now, and we went on tour, and it was funny, we were in Cali for two weeks, and what I told the dudes every day was like, you don't have to do anything, you literally don't have to do nothing, like, we're on this trip, we're having fun, if it ain't fun, don't fucking do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we literally got tricks every day, we went for 13 days straight, skating street and skate parks, and we, everyone, someone got something each day most days we all got something or got a lot of tricks and fun. We had so much fun because there was no pressure, no deadline, and it, and it turned out that they had fire inside of them. Like Billy Drown and Corey Goonan had the fire inside them without me having to tell them what to do. It was just like, oh, let's wake up. Okay, we can mosey, go get coffee. All right, you want to, whatever you want to do, get coffee, get food, and then we go. And all, all I was like, Timmy, show us some spots. You know, even when people were tired, I was like, just let's go, let's just go look at it, even if we don't, no one wants to skate, I don't give a shit, let's just go hang out there, you know, and then sure enough, you know, people got the fire inside them, they don't need a boss, they don't need, like, it's skateboarding, you either want to do it or you don't, and it turns out, most people want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man, it's really cool to not, to like, yeah, it's like, dude, if you want to do it, you're going to do it, and I like that. Yeah, and this last trip for us was very, one of the most productive trips I've been on, and it was just literally, like, we had no schedule, and we just went wherever we wanted and made the best of it, and everyone killed it and had fun. I would love to make it up up your way someday, dude. We might have to, uh, AIN and uh, up your way. What city are you in right now? I'm in, uh, I live in Santa Cruz. Oh, sick. Dude, it's so rad. It's yeah. It's, it's like, it's a really rad, but also a really fucking weird town, because it's a small town. Um, it's like a small beach town, so there's a lot of, like, localism, you know? That's awesome. That sounds awesome. It's pretty crazy, man, but it's, seriously, it's so beautiful. Well, how far north is Santa Cruz? Uh, it is about six hours, six and a half hours from L.A. It's an hour and a half south of San Francisco. Okay, yeah, that's exactly where I pictured it. Yeah. Does it have that SF feel? Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, maybe, <laughs> not really, SF's so crazy, like, you know, just because it's so many people and all that stuff, but, uh, but, no, I mean, it's totally Northern California, though, it's got that, like, NorCal kind of hardened feel, you know, it's a bit like the East Coast. I love it, then. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like yeah. you're at home? Uh, you know what I do because I'm like driving around. There's trees everywhere and shit. It's it's pretty cool. So how's the how's the uh, the ladies and the dogs adjusting? Pretty good. Yeah, they're doing well. I mean, it's just taking some time, and it's hard for it's hard for her because she has those kids. So she has those damn kids. <laughs> so she's like with them all the time, and because of that, it's just there's no she doesn't have much time to like go out and check things out. Yeah. So, but we're, we're working on it slowly, but surely we finally got our shit like, uh, put up in our house and that has been insane. Yeah. It's just been such a, such a project, you know? So, so um, just kind of to change the subject a little bit. Um, where, do, what exactly is your title at NHS right now? So I'm the, uh, I'm the Santa Cruz and OJ wheels brand manager. Has your schooling, any of your schooling, have you been, has it come in handy? Is it? Yeah, I mean, like certain aspects of it, you know, but, uh, but honestly, I will say the, the amount of time that I spent, like, with, like, my experience through World, um, and just like, cause, you know, I was always really into, like, talking to RP and Charlie and everyone and, like, knowing what was going on, like, hey, how can I help? What, what ideas can I give? And stuff like that. Like, that experience prepared me for this more so than my, like, college experience. Now, granted, my college degree, I think, helped me in the long run um, just because I think uh, sometimes it's it's good for people to know, like, that you've been able to complete that, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's really why people want to see it at this point is like, oh, okay, cool. You can start something and you can finish something that's like a big task, not just like, cool, you did project X and project Y. And, uh, but I mean, you know, the communication aspect of it, um, like being able to talk to kids and stuff and, uh, just that I think helps obviously you know yeah i think that's that was i mean school probably helped you with that but you're just naturally outgoing i feel like uh, yeah as yeah. for as long as i've known you you've always just had um an outgoing personality and uh are hilarious <laughs> always had plenty of energy that's for sure <laughs> so um, yeah man so but ron sorry to cut you off yeah um I thought Ron Whaley was going to be on the podcast, dude. Dude, the bone had to leave because he's going to Puerto Rico tomorrow. He's doing a uh, he's doing a crux trip, Puerto Rico, with like Silas Baxter, Neil, Cairo Foster, um, and then uh, our fabulous filmer Joe Perrin. So they're they're heading out in the morning, and uh, yeah, so it's like the the schedule here kind of like is staggered a bit. So some people come in at seven and they leave at four. Some people come in at eight and they leave at five. Um, and so Ron usually gets here at like seven seven thirty, and then he leaves at like four four thirty. Um, and he's actually been staying late a lot just because he's he wants to see a lot of shit happen with Crux. Yeah. So he's been really like going above and beyond, which is pretty sick. But uh, so yeah, he's heading out. Otherwise, we would have had the bone on there, dude. He's the fucking king. He is so awesome. I've had I had so many of his boards, man. So awesome. He's you know what's awesome too. He is. Uh, he is still so fucking good, man. Like, it's really impressive to see, like, 
A, to see a dude who's that tall and that good. Because <laughs> he really is, man. He's like, he is very fucking tall. He's Red Brian tall, no? Dude, he's bigger, probably. He's huge. Holy shit, that's fucking gigantic, man. And he is just, dude, he's so good. So fucking good. I see that he still puts out footage, man, and every time and I'm like, this guy does just does not stop. Like, he's a Terminator, if you will. Yeah. He, yep. It's pretty amazing, man. I'm, he's a fucking, he's a great dude. And he, he is. He truly is, like, a really good person, too. You know? And that's, that is obviously so important as well. So. Did, um, does it feel like, actually, um, have you had other jobs prior to being a pro skateboarder, like, just blue-collar jobs? Uh, well, I mean, I always worked growing up. Like, just whether it was in high school or college or whatever, like, I mean, I started working in, like, fucking second grade, you know? Like, I, and it's not like I had a fucking... I wasn't in a factory, like, putting <laughs> things together in second grade, but, like, you know, it started in second grade with, like, I would dress up as the Easter Bunny, and I was on the corner at my grandfather's flower stand, like, waving to people, you know, and he'd pay me, like, two bucks an hour, or, you know, like, and whatever. But, like, and then in fifth grade, I was, like, selling Christmas trees on my own, like, at his Christmas tree, you know, flower store slash Christmas tree stand, and, like, that's how I bought my first skateboard was I saved up the money selling Christmas trees for my tips, and then I went and bought a board from Fairman's. And then oh, that's sick. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's funny because he actually um, he just passed away like two weeks ago, and it was just really one of those things where like I his so Dave Fairman who owns Fairman's or used to own Fairman's he his father worked for my grandfather, wow. so like he brought me like he found out that I was skateboarding he just saw me like skating in the parking lot and he's like oh because I had a shitty board but. He was like, oh, like, you skateboard? And I was like, yeah, I love skateboarding. And he was like, oh, cool. And he was like, my son is Dave Fairman. He owns Fairman's. And I was like, whoa, so cool. And he brought me, like, a copy of Fairman's 3 on VHS and, like, some grip tape and some stickers and maybe a T-shirt. And uh, I was just so pumped. And then, you know, I went and bought my board from Fairman's. And it was just cool because, like, all that stuff stemmed from my grandfather. And obviously I would have gotten a skateboard somehow, but, like, to me, it was like a really cool thing to think about, you know. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that, man. It seems like he uh, he put you on with your first jobs. He <laughs> got you involved with skateboarding. Yeah, my grandfather was hilarious, but he. I mean, we knew it was coming. He's he's had diabetes for a long time, and uh, I was actually prepared. My he was in the hospital, and because my I guess he had a heart attack, and so he was in the hospital, and. My mom told me, she's like, hey, just so you know, he had a heart attack. Um, he's okay, but, you know, just want to let you know so you can th think about him. Because my mom always wants me to still pray for him, but she knows I'm an atheist, but she still tries. And so, <laughs> yeah, which is super cute. And so I just, like, immediately uh, sent my dad a message and was like, hey, tell Grandpa I love him and give him a hug for me, you know. And yeah. so, and then he passed away the next morning. Um and so I was really, I was glad. I didn't go back for the funeral or the wake just because I didn't, um, I, we had FaceTimed with like the kids and everything on Christmas and Thanksgiving. So it was like, you know, a few weeks prior. And, uh, I was just like, that's the way I want to remember it. You know, so we went down to the beach as a family and just watched the sunset, just like a little bit of like, you know, it's a little sentimental for him. And, uh, and it was cool. But 
so yeah, so basically I worked for him um, when I was a kid, and then from there, it just sort of, like, I worked at Boardstiff Skate Shop, I worked at Fairman Skate Shop, I worked at uh, Jimmy John's, doing, uh, it was like food place. Um, that oh, buddy. Jimmy John's, damn, sick. Yeah, Jimmy John's. It was not a not the sandwich place though. Just the it was like a hot dog place. Oh, okay. Since like the forties, and then after Jimmy John's, I worked at uh, I worked at this ice cream place. When I finished high school, I worked for a year, um, and I was like just day shift at an ice cream place during the winter, and it was like pretty <laughs> dismal. But it was like okay, well I just gotta you know make money for right now, and and then I tore my ACL, went to school. Uh, and then I kind of just always had different jobs. Like I taught skate lessons. I worked at skate camps and then, uh, I did, uh, when I moved to Arizona was kind of when I was like, fuck it, I'll just do whatever. And I worked IHOP graveyard shift my first year there. And it was insane because it was right near school, like ASU. So it was like just drunk people every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And those were the three days that I would work, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was just insane, man. And then I worked in a warehouse at a snack uh, vending company. And so I would just walk around with my music on for like, you know, however many hours a day and just fucking just listen. You know, I'd listen to comedy and stuff just to laugh. But it was just like, here's the order. Okay, how many bags of fucking purple Doritos am I putting in? And it was just like nonstop, you know. And like then we'd load sodas up and all that shit. And uh, How was it... Um. How was it dealing with uh, the public when you were busting tables at IHOP? Oh, well, I was a server, and it was insane, dude. Like, it was seriously amazing. Just, like, I watched a girl uh, take a, like, it was plastic coffee pot, but, like, those blue coffee pots from IHOP. I watched her, like, just fucking bash a dude in the face. Because <laughs> he walked in all drunk, and he was, like, kind of catcalling, you know? And was like, yeah, what up, girl? Like, you know, just like, woo, yeah, girl. Like, <laughs> And I was like, whoa, this dude's crazy. He's wasted. You know, he was just some jockey bro dude with, like, you know, like probably a chain and, like, stupid hair and a V-neck. And he uh, he was just super wasted, you know, but he was huge. And, uh, man, even, like, I walked up to him to go take their order for drinks, and I had my, like, pen out and my hands, like – you know, I was, like, writing down, and the girl poked her head through, like, the side of my body and where, like, you know, I was holding a pen, I'm right-handed, and she poked her head through that little, like, opening. It was like, motherfucker, who are you calling baby? And he was just like, yeah. And she fucking smashed it on his head. And then his whole crew of, like, 15 people stood up, and they wanted to fight this girl. And I was like, you can't fight this girl. Like, and I'm walking backwards with my hands, like, you know, arms outstretched. Like, dude, you can't hit her. You cannot hit this girl. And then we had security on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And so security, these, like, just funny dudes that weren't, like, proper security guards by any means, they just came over and were like, whoa, you got to leave, man. <laughs> and, uh, so then they kicked that whole party out, which was honestly cool because they sucked. I mean, but yeah. it was insane. And then, dude, there was, like, there was nights where, there was one night where, you know, girls would go out, like, Scottsdale, dress all crazy, and these girls were, like, uh, just ordering some shit. It was like three in the morning and the girl had one of those tops on that was like super, I don't know what, it was some fucking crazy cut. But anyway, we're chatting and she's all like just giggling and stuff and dude, her boob just fully came out and she wasn't wearing a bra. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so we're having a conversation and I'm like, oh my God, she has a boob out. <laughs> and it was so nuts. Like, 
they were like, yeah, we want you to like sit down with us and talk to us like with a boob out. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do right now? <laughs> you do it. You fucking do it. <laughs> I, but it was an insane, it was an insane gig, man. It was fun. I like it. Was it hard dealing for, was it hard dealing with like, was it hard relying on tips? Uh, no, but the busters were stealing my tips. It was fucked up. Uh. So, like, basically, it was, and I found it out because I was like, man, I feel like I'm getting a little shortchanged here, you know? Like, because I would end up with, like, two bucks, and I'd have these great tables that were super stoked, and I would always make jokes and stupid shit. Um, and people were stoked, you know, for the most part. And so I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? I feel like I'm, these tips are a bit low, you know? It'd be like an $80, $100 bill. And then I would have, like, three bucks. And so uh, one night, there was, like, a group of hardcore kids that came in. And so we would all talk, like, hardcore music, and they would tip me really well. And so they were in, like, Friday night, and then I was like, damn, dude, they only tipped me, like, three bucks. And then the next night they came in, and I was like, hey, guys. I was like, I hate to ask this. I was like, but um, did you guys tip me three bucks last night? And they're like, fuck no, dude. We tipped you, like, 15 or, you know, like, 20 or whatever. And they're like, why? And I was like, oh, dude, I only had three bucks on the table, and, you know, tenant or whatever else was gone and i was like i think the busser might be stealing my tips and the dude stood up and was like you want me to fuck him up for you and i was like whoa 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 no no it's all good <laughs> and they were like they were like part of that gnarly hardcore crew in arizona that like uh punched fucking danzig in the face jesus and so, um and so basically the next night uh, or no, what I did was they were like, okay, cool, we're going to leave you a good tip tonight, and we'll see. So what I did was I went away when they left. The buster came and bust the table, and I went back, and uh, they he lifted up the, I lifted up the coffee pot, and there was a $10 bill under the coffee pot. And I was like, motherfucker. So I went in and just told my manager, and the manager's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, And they were all in on it. Like, you could fucking tell. It was bullshit. But, uh... But yeah, man, I just was so pissed. And so I ended up quitting that job. And then, uh, yeah, and then I'm trying to think if I had any others. After that, I started getting a little bit of money from World. Oh, you know what? I worked for a, I worked, uh, delivery for a Chinese place too. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I started making a little bit of money from World and I was able to, like, make it work. So. That's cool, man. Um, how do you feel about, just um everything with world industries is it how, what's your closure on that oh you know what dude i i mean knew it was coming and on my end i just you know i felt like shit man i got four years out of it out of being a you know pro skater and i was able to like through that and like all the espn work and all the announcing like i was able to buy a house and all that and you know um we're working on selling it right now but dude i just feel like I got way more than I ever deserved. And, you know, I made so many good friendships through the process of the world, like, you know, yourself and like Derek and Charlie and RP and, you know, Timmy and everyone. I mean, good people. Like, to me, it was just like, I feel like I, and, you know, the people that I became friends with through that, that was so just rad, you know, like nothing, none of the other parts mattered. I had a great time and we did some really cool traveling and yeah, I'm stoked. I mean, it sucks the way it ended, but I mean, we all felt it. Like we had talked about it after that tour. It was like, dude, we all put so much into it like that last summer. And then you came back and you're just like, what the fuck? It's not working. And I think, 
you know, there was just you and everyone felt that way. Like, yeah, everyone felt like it was just like, all right, this is this is ending. We're all fucking stoked. It's, you know, going on right now. But, you know, it just was what it was. And I, I was really glad that RP called me to tell me that made me happy because I told him the whole time. I was like, dude, if anything happens, you just call me and you straight up tell me, you know, and he was like, I will. And, uh, you know, it was what it was. So. I feel like it kind of, the way I look at it now is like, it kind of just needed to happen. Yeah. It needed to end because now I feel like a lot of other good things have come from it ending, you know? It just ran its course as a brand and it was unfortunate because everyone involved was our friends and we all, I feel we were doing what was correct, you know? Because we were yeah. skateboarders, we know the compass, we know which way to aim and what's cool with skateboarding. But with the brand and with the it not being fully skater owned and it just kind of you know their hearts weren't involved and it is what it is and now it gives you know room for other brands like all I need <laughs> totally and, and I'm awesome. stoked because man I had that experience and like now I can come over and I can you know I, like work for Santa Cruz and I mean I seriously don't think that skating for any other brand would have been as transferable like unless it was PAL but even so. Like, I feel like Skating for World was just so great as far as, like, learning about, you know, branding and stuff. Because if I was skated for PAL, they it probably wouldn't have let me in the same way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, World needed your help because the people in charge had direction. The people in charge wanted, you know, we had people in charge that had direction, but they wanted the skateboarders to have some say and direction for sure. Like, yeah. RP and, you know, everyone involved in Charlie were definitely open to us, like, learning and growing with World, because they were stoked to be there, and they they knew that was the way it, it would succeed. Absolutely. So, I'm, I'm fucking pumped, man. It's, I'm, uh, once the, like, the paycheck stopped, I was like, fuck, you know, because I was like, dude, what am I going to do? Like, I got to pay a mortgage, I got to, you know, like, I have bills, I have a wife, and babies on the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we didn't know the babies were on the way yet, so they were coming though. Yeah. And uh but to me, I was really happy with it and it was kind of a necessary thing in my life because, you know, like I was still holding on to that like video part that I had for Steve and I was just like, "All right, cool. I'm going to put this out." And, you know, it was funny because so, like, Steve was giving me a truck. I was having a board through Brimley. And then, basically, like, I saw this Santa Cruz job online. And uh, I talked to Keith about it at Tampa Pro. Keith? And uh, Keith Wilson, who runs Indy. Awesome. I was like, hey, man, is that job still open? And he's like, yeah, you want to work for Santa Cruz? And we had a good conversation about it. And then when I got back, he was like, here, here's, uh, here's Jeff Kendall's contact. Shoot him an email. So I sent him my resume and a cover letter. And I heard back from Kendall that day. And I was like, holy shit. And so I was slated to have a truck come out and then this video part was going to come out and it was supposed to come out like months before, but the factory fucked up and didn't make like my truck, Garrett's truck, and then one other. And it was because they were like a tie, tie axe. Like, so they had a titanium axle and, uh, so they fucked up and my part got pushed back because the truck got pushed back. And so basically what happened was I found out that I was going to have this job and I had a video part come out, like, seriously, it was either, like, right before I came in here, it was, like, maybe my first or second day in the office this part came out. So, 
it was so funny because like at that point I had already realistically quit. Like I, I had talked to Trevor and they totally knew the situation. Like as soon as I was like, Hey, I'm interviewing for a job at NHS. Like if I'm not, if I get the job, I have to obviously quit, you know, like, cause we have Crocs and we have independent. And so, Oh yeah. It'd be a conflict of interest for sure. Absolutely. And, and I, like I said, man, I didn't want to be that one foot in like one foot out guy. Like I knew that if I was going to have an opportunity for a job like this, I had to be all in. And so it was crazy, man. Like I had a truck come out and it was on sale and I was off the brand and I was working in the office and I was like talking to Ron about crux stuff, you know, like it was so, (laughs) so funny. Um, but you know, like I said, man, the thief dudes were really great about it. Like Trevor and Steve and, uh, and obviously Matt Price was so understanding and cool about it. And, uh, yeah, man, it was rad. Are you still doing, um, the street league stuff? Yeah, so I'm still announcing the TV stuff for Street League. That's awesome, man. And, and you really enjoy that? Uh, you know, it's funny because I do and I don't. Like, I do because it's enjoyable to just just to do it. You know, it's fun to like be at the events and stuff. The only thing I don't like is me in that role. Like straight up, I just I feel like such a boner because like that role I have to. And I, I, it was hard for me at first because I was like, dude, I sound like such a goon. And then I was like, you know what? This is just a fucking job. You know, like, it's the same way, like, if you were to walk into Chuck E. Cheese and I was like, hey, welcome to Chuck E. Cheese. You know, like, uh, you know, and I said some dumb shit. Like, some of the stuff that I say on there is not what I would say, but I say it because that's the role that I, that's like the role that I have to play. You know, like, I'm the... You're good at your job. Well, thanks. I just, <laughs> I'm, but th- that job to me is like a a nerdy job. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see see what you're saying. It's like if I got hired to announce uh, anything, I wouldn't know, like I would have to put on a persona and just kind of like, exactly. Your your audience that I have to do. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it's funny to be, cause I'm like, well, that's not really the person that I am as a person, but in that role on television, that's the dude that I am. So I'm like, well, all right, but I, I really like it. And, uh, it was crazy, man. Cause like, so I had just done the in the arena stuff prior and uh you know it was like nobody was taping it you know whatever and so what was crazy was like this was for you know Fox so it was like Fox Sports and stuff so dude like after it was done it would be like okay cool now we have to review and like I would like go to there and like we would watch it again and like I was like oh, I hate hearing myself like I hate that you know and I got over it but it's so weird man it's so weird but uh, how do you get that connection anyways? It was just being outgoing and people coming to you, or did you actually apply for that gig? No, well, that one was different. So basically, with it all started from a, a Woodward Kids contest. Mike Sinclair told Neil Hendricks he thought I'd be good at it, or or maybe Neil Hendricks was just like, "Hey, man, we know you love Woodward. We're buds. Like, come up here and announce this kids contest." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome." And uh, so I was like, great, I'll just go to Woodward West for the weekend, and that'll be fun. And that's when I really, like, met Mike Sinclair, started hanging out with him. And uh, so I announced the contest. They were really stoked on how it went. And from there, Mike Sinclair told people at X Games they should hire me, and Neil told people at Dutour they should hire me. And basically, when I went to China a couple weeks later, there was a contest that was happening there, and it was like it had something to do with Dutour. 
And basically they were like, hey, we want you to announce part of it. And I was like, yeah. Or, you know, it was just a Woodward contest. They were like, we just want you to announce part of it. And uh, the Dutour guy was there. He came up to me, asked if I was into doing stuff with them. And I was like, yeah, sure. Would you do so, the do? I was like, I'll do it. I'm down. Like, <laughs> is there any, like, more? can you pay me? And they're like, yeah. So I was like, great. And then uh, from there, it basically just kind of was like, I did do tour for a while. Um, and then I was at Street League doing an ESPN thing because at the time I was, like, um, doing a bunch of video work for them, like kind of like an on-camera guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was for the skateboarding website. So I met Brian Atlas, who is, like, the Street League dude. And he asked me what I thought afterwards, and I was super upfront. I was like, dude, this is what I thought. And I was like, I think you could have benefited from a second announcer because at the time it was only Felix. And so um, I was like, look, man, I do this stuff for, like, Dutour and, you know, for, like, I think I was maybe doing, I don't know what other contests I was doing at the time, but uh, I had done a bunch. And so they ended up being like, he ended up giving me a shot. And I've been there since the second stop now. And so now I'm doing the TV shit. So it's pretty crazy, man. That's so cool, man. Yeah, it's wild. I got a real serious question for you. Yeah. How many people have hit you up for indies? Oh, my God. (laughs) I imagine it's a gift and a curse. Oh, it's so funny. And it's funny because, like, I mean, people hit me up all the time for indies. I can't even imagine Keith and Rhino. (laughs) Dude, it's insane. It is so insane. Um, yeah, it happens seriously probably once every couple of weeks. And I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but dude, it, that's a lot of people asking for free shit. Yeah. And if, if we were like, yeah, sure, every single one of you guys gets free trucks. Like, dude, that's so many trucks every year. It's crazy. Yeah, it would be hurting for sure. So, yeah, it's nuts. Could you, um, for people that, for kids out there listening that don't really understand what a brand manager's job is. Can you give them some examples of what you do? Yeah, so basically, um, my job is I'm supposed to make sure that everything kind of works, you know. So NHS is phenomenal. Like, we have a full art department. We have a web department. We have video guys. We have social media. I mean, we have a sales force, everything. Everything here is so rad. So basically, my job is to go, okay, it's a marketing position. So my job is to market everything that we do. So let's just say we're getting a new products. Okay. Are we going to have riders involved? All right. Like which pro is going to go with, you know, obviously the pro board. Okay. Are we going to have a video come out for strange notes? Are we going to have Instagram stuff? Are we going to have a campaign on Thrasher? You know, all the banners around the site. Um, okay, cool. Like then we talk about products, like basically myself and Gavin will sit down and be like, hey, these are the boards that we need for our line. I'll talk with Lucas, who's the art director and used to be the brand manager. Hey, these are the ser- this is the series we want to do. You know, and my job is kind of to come in and clean up a bit, you know, because uh, so Lucas, Lucas, you know, skated, but he wasn't like a big skater. You know, he's, he's an artist and he's a surfer. Yep. And uh, but he knows skate. I mean, it's not like he's like dumb. Uh but he fucking crushed it with Santa Cruz and got Santa Cruz to where it is, you know, like with all the licensing stuff with like Star Wars and stuff like that. Oh, the, Sim- the Simpsons, Star Wars, yeah. all the epic stuff. So he brought in a bunch of money to the brand, which then allowed them to be able to hire me. And so like now I'm in and it's like, oh, OK, cool. Like, let's fill in these gaps. Like, why is there like, why don't we have, you know, shape A, B and C? And like, why are we not having an eight point five and an eight? 
seven five or you know whatever. Yeah. And like, oh, okay, cool. How do we fix our like shaped boards and you know all these other things that like you fully have to be a skate nerd to get into. And I'm a fucking huge skate nerd. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it, dude, it's awesome. But so I do the marketing stuff, and then I basically my job is to make sure that it it works, you know. And I'm what's great is they've been so gracious about understanding you know like i had those kids that i love and you know like so i had twins and you know i went home for two weeks and then i had to come back and then was back there for another two weeks then we had to move so i've been you know i spent a little bit of time out of the office the first like six months of my job and that was tough because like i said man this job is like it's way more than a 40 hour a week job so um so yeah, I had to get back in and like now I'm back in the swing of things and I'm really stoked because I got the family out here and it's, you know, everything's great. But dude, it was like so crazy, but they've been so great about like understanding and helping me through the process. But now I'm starting to feel really confident and comfortable in my position so that I can be like, okay, cool. Like, yes, we're going to do this. No, we're not. Okay. So-and-so do this, you know, and it really is just like a management role of like making sure that, you know, art departments making the boards that we have and, oh, we're making these shirts and so on and so forth. And, hey, did you get this video done by this date so we can have this social media guys post? And It's just, it's basically just kind of like um, weaving it all together, you know. You you went through tremendous change all in a, like a real small amount of time. You went from, yeah. Jesus, man, you went from pro skateboarder to that falling down with world and crashing and uh to having twins to getting this new job to moving your whole family from az to santa cruz to man how did how did you stay sane how what is your are you skating like more than you ever have or like what's your no unfortunately i'm skating less right now um my only time really to skate is on lunch break straight up like and what's great is, though, like, they understand. So I can go skate for an hour and a half at lunch and come back to work because I just spend more time at the office, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, but once I go home, I'm a dad, and I'm, you know, doing everything I can to help my wife out. And, I mean, dude, my, like, being a parent is so insane. You know, like, every parent out there totally understand. If anyone's a parent and they're listening, they totally get it. And if you're a kid, you can't understand it until you have them yeah. but you're just like holy shit i love these things more than anything in the world you know and uh but i just knew that we were going to go through a lot and my wife and i were prepared and i mean she was fucking six months pregnant when i moved like i moved to california without her and i was here for seven months without her you know like or no, I was here for five months or something like that without her. And it was gnarly, man. It was crazy. Like she was in Arizona, then she had babies and then she was there alone with babies. But oh, we man. both knew, and it was terrible. It was tough, man. Like it, it was weird. And, but we knew that in the end it was the right thing to do for the family. And, um, yeah, that's it, man. I mean, she had the dog, she had the kids, and it was fucking crazy. Like, I felt like this, like, dude, I was, like, sleeping on a twin bed in this room. I lived with a Canadian woman who was really cool, but, like, I lived with this woman who was Canadian that I went <laughs> yeah. from Craigslist. Because it was just like, dude, this is what you have to do sometimes. And, um, and yeah, and then just, like, having the kids and then finally getting them out here. And it was a fucking battle, man, like, 
my lady did not want to leave Arizona because she was super comfortable. And it, I basically had to kind of just be like, all right, fuck it, we're moving. The moving truck's going to be here on Wednesday. Be ready. And she was just like, what? You know, but once I made that decision, she was way cooler about it. You know, it was just like, dude, it, it was gnarly, man. That was crazy. I'm so happy that you're getting into the swing of things and everything's starting to um, come together now, man. Because uh, I was kind of watching from a distance and you had so much on your plate, but <laughs> you handled it like a champ, uh, for sure. I would have had like several meltdowns and been crying more than I wasn't crying. And it's awesome that you're strong enough and uh, uh, you have enough discipline and dedication to just get to where you're at right now. Dude, honestly, I this sounds so lame, but fucking, I was I was listening to a lot of hardcore at the time, and that helped immensely. Like how so? Like like um, just just relating to it, or yeah, just like the positivity and stuff. And uh, and I had some really good talks with uh, Jim Thibault too. Oh, the man, Jim's the man. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. He's the best. <laughs> he he was just great in the sense of like. You know, he helped me with, like, the confidence thing. And not, I mean, you know, we only had, a, like, a few conversations about it. But what was cool was he just basically was like, dude, you know, I was like, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, they gave me the keys. Like, I fucking got here, and I, they seriously gave me the keys. And he's like, yeah, we'll fucking pedal the metal and don't stop driving. You know, like, and that dude is just so, like, 100%, like, you know, just fucking go. And I love that. And so... You know, and I'm very similar, but he just has so much more experience and, you know, credibility and stuff. And so it was just really nice to hear that from somebody who I really respect. You know? Yeah, he's been in the game for quite some time and has the experience and definitely um, has proven himself um, yeah. for a long time. So he's, and he's cool because he's a team player and he see, he's way bigger picture guy. You know, obviously he wants to do everything he can for Deluxe. Like, that's their shit, but... You know, he's not, like, he'll talk to me. Like, we're fully competitors, you know, and we're in the, like, same vicinity. But he's down because he knows that we both care so much about skateboarding, and that's the bigger picture is, like, how do we make it so that more kids can skateboard and how can we continue to push the fact that skateboarding is the fucking raddest thing ever? And it's not about, like, you know, like, fuck real or fuck those dudes. Like, and he's not, like, fuck Santa Cruz. He's not saying that to me, you know, but, like... (laughs) It's it's not about that because it's like we just give a shit about skateboarding, you know. And, and that, I think that makes me so happy. We need more people involved in skateboarding like that. When I, I think that when it's all said and done, dude, that's what is gonna matter, you know. Like, did you see that fucking? Did you see that Lakai and America are going on tour together? So fucking awesome. And that's that's because they care. Like that's. And I'm not saying that like any of the bigger guys don't because. You know what? A lot of those guys care. Um, they have, you know, maybe not the guy who's the CEO of the whole fucking brand, yeah. but people that are running the skate departments give a... F- the skateboarders that are employed by these massive brands. Yeah, they do care a fuck ton. And so, um, but, like, I think it's so cool that they're like, yeah, this is a cool way to bring it to kids, like, that you can exist together. You know, it's not like, you know, now I think it's very very segregated you're like i'm this guy i'm that guy and it's cool that like andrew reynolds is going to go on a tour with you know fucking guy mariano and stuff like that johnson (laughs) yeah i I love that i went i went around for like two days just telling people like 
Did you see that, Lakai in America? Did you see that? Did you see that? Like, just so stoked. Like, and I love the hashtag. It was just, I think it was because we can. That's so sick. <laughs> I think it's awesome, man. I think that's like kind of fighting, like skateboarders uniting to kind of fight against people, other brands coming in that weren't skater owned, skater run, and that are kind of capitalizing on skateboarding's popularity. I think it kind of shows, like, you know, like we love skateboarding so much, we're going to work with our competitor who are also skateboarders, and that's how much we care. Is like, we know if we work together, that brings aside, uh, it shows how awesome skateboarding is. Compared to like, you know, two massive brands owned by just stockholders that would never do that, you know? Totally. No, that's so cool. Totally. The thing, the thing to me though, that's like, I just am like, dude, as long as it's good for skateboarding, that's what I'm stoked on. And, you know, I just don't like there, you can play that like battles game, but I just don't want to play the battles game anymore. I'm just like, dude, I just want people to be psyched, (laughs) you know? Like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, like, I don't want us to compete with other skateboard companies or any of that shit. I just am like, you know, this, we're all still skateboarders, and it is business, and there are bottom lines on things, but, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, like, be, uh, you don't have to, like, you can still run your brand with integrity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, if you keep your if you keep your heart focused on what you love, and then with what you love is skateboarding, and you got to trust that you're going to do what's right and you guys are going to make moves and you'll you'll get what you earn because you know if you love skateboarding you'll grow and you'll learn new things and you'll think outside the box and you'll make the decisions and things you need to do to keep skateboarding growing for kids for yourself for so you can put out cool stuff and keep that legacy going and you know that's if you're if your compass is focused on that and not compet, um competing with other brands I feel like that happens too much in everything, not just skateboarding, but it's like you get too wrapped up in competing, competing, competing with someone else where really it's, you know, like when you're trying to trick, you're just competing with yourself. You're doing it for yourself. You know, you're doing it because you love skating. You're doing it because you like to create. You like to put out this video part. You want to have this trick that you put your hard work and effort and love into and then you can put it out in a video part with a song that connects to a feeling and, you know, and a self-expression. You don't have to compete with others, you know, just to excel. It's awesome um, to just focus on that side of it. Totally. Dude, I, I totally agree with you, man. I think it's fucking cool. That's how I look at it with All I Need, too, is like I don't – with my brand, All I Need, I don't really focus on competing with other brands or other skateboarders. I just go, look, let's 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 all of us together as a collective focus on what we need, and what we need is skateboarding. It brings us travel. It gives us joy. It brings us – uh it unites us and it's brought us so much good stuff it's like let's just focus on our skateboarding let's focus on making good product let's focus on working together and helping each other to reach our heights that we want to reach and uh just grow as individuals as humans we that's one thing about having a brand is like you have these people that count on you as well to like help them and you count on them to help you you know and it's like cool to have people you trust in that situation and you guys can grow together and reach heights that you could never even imagine, you know? Agreed, man. I totally agree with you on that. And, you know, like, we um, we actually just had a big team meeting with, like, the whole Santa Cruz team here last week. Yep. And uh, so we're going to start, like, dudes are going to start working on filming for video. Um, you know, and in the, in the meeting it was like, hey, we want the fucking best shit. But we were also like, we want your best shit. You know, like, we don't yeah. care... If it stacks up to fucking 
Joe Blow on, you know, Company X, like, that doesn't fucking matter. Like, we just care about you being your best self because that's all we can ask for, you know, is, like, we want to continue to grow, you know, because we're we're here to help. I mean, it depends on who you talk to, but, like, my outlook is you get one shot at a pro career. You know, we, as the guys behind the scenes, are supposed to help make that happen. You know, it's like the dark man. You're the dark man. What was that? You're you're a dark man now. The dark yeah. man behind the scenes. I'm uh oh fuck. What did uh who was it? Was it Derek? Who somebody called him the politicians? <laughs> Sick. Perfect. <laughs> forget, forget who it was. It might have been Derek. I don't I don't remember. But yeah, like I'm one of the politicians now. But my whole thing is like, dude, you get one shot fucking my job is to continue to help sell boards and also like what can i do because it's part of my like own personal agenda is like what can i do to help support these dudes careers and make them as fucking rad as they can so they can have cool experiences you know so that's so cool andrew i think of that all the time like like what you're just saying now that i'm kind of like i'm still doing the pro skateboarder thing as well but as a brand manager, team manager, every I do all the positions basically. Yeah. Except for filming, my homie Dan McGrath does a lot of filming and editing for us. Although I do film too with my HD camera. But just being on the other side, where you you said like a politician or a dark man, um, I like that position. I like that position because it's 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 just awesome knowing that you're you're actually trying to make skateboarding grow. It's like when you have a skateboard career, the focus is on you and getting video parts and it's like when you're on the other side, it's not the focus isn't on you. It's more your focus is on how do we make skateboarding grow, you know? Yeah. Well, it's that's funny, it's like that's so cool to be in that position. We both know. I mean, skate like trying to be a like a pro skater is a super selfish career. Yeah, and absolutely. It's hard because it's like there is a lot of ego involved, but there has to be ego involved and there has to be that competitive part because if you want to thrive and be successful, like you got to have that. And, you know, like I don't want any part of that. Any, like for my, like I personally want nothing to do with that shit. Like I just want to just be a fucking dude and, you know, like I don't, I, you know, it's funny because when I came over here, like when I first started, I think it, I think I was having a chat with uh, my boss and he was just like, yeah, you know, like obviously you want to like, you know, put your mark on it, like kind of put your stamp on Santa Cruz. And that never even occurred to me. Cause like to me, I'm just like, I'm not, that's not my job. Like I know that like myself as a person, I'm not Santa Cruz. You know what I mean? Like Santa Cruz is a brand and Santa Cruz has a direction. So my job is to, you know, work within essentially the confines of like what Santa Cruz as a brand is. You know, mm-hmm. and then, but like, how can I take the experiences that I have and put them into what we do, you know? Yeah. But, um, and I think that that's kind of one of those things that a lot of people have tried to do is like change Santa Cruz. And, you know, it's just super funny to me because it's like, I don't give a shit about, like, I don't need to be known for like doing anything with Santa Cruz. Like, I just am like, well, what does Santa Cruz need? Okay, this is what it needs. Okay, well, let's change it, you know? Yeah. Like, whether I do it or whether fucking. You come, I get fired, and you come in here and do it. Like it doesn't matter. Like the fact is, what Santa Cruz needs is still going to be what Santa Cruz needs. It doesn't matter who's running the brand. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, 
Uh, There's no need to have an ego and try to put like um your own you know I did this and changed this and I got this yeah you know? it's like <laughs> it's like no just make it grow however you gotta do it exactly because there's so many people that do that they're like well I fucking did this and you're like who gives a shit like that's great but you know that isn't worth fucking much right now you know sweat I mean? I'm off the sweat off my ball sack yeah yeah and I'm not I'm I don't know I just don't care and I don't really want to be like. Um, I just don't want any, like, focus on me that I don't need. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be a dad, and I just want to be a dude who, you know, comes to the office and fucking works super hard and then goes home and is a good husband and is a good fucking dad. And I want to be a skateboarder, and I want to, you know, do other things that I'm into, like, you know, read books and fucking listen to music and go to shows, and that's it. It sounds like you uh you have a good direction and that you're ready and focused and it seems like you're pretty happy. Um I'm super happy, man. Like I'm I seriously so many days I'm at work and I'm just like I can't believe I work here. I can't believe this is my job. You know? It's amazing. I got another question, Andrew. Yeah. It kind of ties in with everything we're talking about. Will there I know you're kind of saying you're like retired from pro skateboarding, but will there be a, do you have a desire to put out another video part or do you think you will? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, cause I always love filming. You'll probably never see more photos of me. I fucking hate shooting photos. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I have like, so I have some footage right now just that I was filming for, uh, like, the Pyramid Country video that they're working on. Yep. And uh, I was like, hey, Bobby, I'm quitting Pyramid Country. You know, like, I'm not going to skate for anyone. I'm just going to be, like, I'm just going to work. And he's like, no, you, you can't. And I was like, I have to, you know, like, because I'm going to wear, like, Volcom clothes because, you know, like, those dudes are our bros. And, you know, just, like, part of it is just being able to do anything you want, like, within the confines of the industry, you know? Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of like partnerships and stuff like that. And so – and he was super cool about it, but he's like, we're still putting your footage in the video. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man. And uh, and then my buddies back east are filming a video called Rad Dads. And <laughs> That's so, so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, he was like, dude, you have you have until go skateboarding day. Who's and so Haslam that? has VX, and uh, all my other footage is VX. And so I'm not even fuck filming HD. That's cool if you're a company and you're doing it, but I fucking do not like HD. I've never cared for it, and I just kind of made myself be like, okay, it is what it is. I got to do it. And uh, now that that's done, I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't ever want to film HD again. I just want to film VX because it looks cool. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to film a fucking VX part, hopefully for Rad Dads. Who's putting out Rad Dads? Uh, my buddy Mitch Hartman, um, like him and just some, some dudes back home. So back in Pennsylvania. That's awesome, but, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean – who knows? I was I was gonna do that whole like fuck it, man. I'll just put a little part out when I turn thirty, just for fun. Um, but we'll see. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll have skateboarding come out. I just don't. It's not a big. But I do. I don't even have time. Like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> that's my that was always my big beef with like filming is like fuck, man. If you go street skating, you might skate for you might skate for two hours, but you'll only do like. Four tricks if you're doing a line, you know. But if you're uh, lucky, yeah. But like I'm, so if I'm skating, I'm like, dude, I go to the park and seriously, as soon as I get there, it's like I skate nonstop until I have to go back to work. And you know, 
if it came down to it, it was like, hey, man, because Whaley is on one. He wants to fucking get some. And he's like, dude, let's go street skate. And I'm like, yeah, if I'm skating today, I'm going to a park so I can, like, skate skate for fucking two hours and then go home, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, we'll see. I struggle. I struggle. I only ask because I struggle with it. Like, I fantasize about um, not being a pro skateboarder. <laughs> I know that sounds so crazy. But uh, I fantasize about, like, just not, just being completely dark, man, and, like, kind of your situation behind the scenes. Because something about that's so intriguing to me. Like, I look, because all the people I look up to do that. Like, Steve Rodriguez and Jim Thibault and just dudes that I looked up to that were behind the scenes dudes that I knew really ran the show and helped all these people and built all this awesome stuff. And uh, to me, I don't know. That seems there's an uh, it's an attraction to that. But inside, like I still like have this burning. I know I don't have my best video part out, and I feel like I'm only getting better, like with my skating. I feel like skating's like a like a wine. It just gets better with age, and as you do it, you have more understanding of who you are, and you, your style fills out because you get more comfortable as an individual and confidence and and. Uh, I just, I don't know, I struggle with that, and I can't, I would, I couldn't, I still feel like I need to put out another video part, because I feel like I could top my last one, and that's, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. See, I was really, I was really stoked on, like, the last part that I put out. I mean, I wasn't, like, it wasn't by any means my favorite, or, you know, I think it was my favorite that I put out while I was, like, pro and stuff, but, um. It was awesome, I seen it, it was awesome. Thanks, dude. I, but you know what, I don't, just, like, Andrew, sorry to cut you off, but I, when I watched that part, I was like. This is probably his best part. To, to I was pumped on it, man. I had good. I had fun. I put a lot of time into that one. But um, what was – I just don't feel like I, – I didn't feel like I had any more to prove because I was like, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter. And it only matters to me. And I am I was pretty cool with being like, all right, I'm done. And, uh, and on top of that, yeah, I mean, for you, it's like, dude, if you feel it, you should do it. I don't feel it. Like – now I want to re. I'm, I've redirected my focus and my energy into like, to you know, helping do what I can for Santa Cruz and for OJ and you know, like that's what I want now. Is I want to be able to like go home at the end of the night and be like, fuck yeah, I had fun skating at lunch today, and I'm really stoked on the work that I got done and the the future things that we're gonna do. You know. Yeah. So. See, that's the shit that I think's awesome, and I, and I admire that you're willing. That's something you're willing to just take the role of and. That you aspire to do it. It's awesome. But part, I mean, dude, a big part of it all for me was that skating is and always was personal to me. It wasn't like, um, you know, like I know a lot of guys that are like, yeah, I don't normally skate alone. Like, I just like to be out with my friends. Like, that never mattered to me. Like, I always skated because I liked skating and because it was just kind of the thing for me that always made me feel like, just made me feel good, you know? And so, uh, What's really cool is I always liked when I was in school or when I had a job and I was skating because it made it way more, uh, like I appreciated it so much more every time. Yeah. Now having a job again, it's like I feel the same, you know, it's like because if I go skating and I'm not enjoying it, like usually it's kind of like, dude, fucking just shut up. You're able to skate right now. But on top of that, it's like I don't have to. Like, it's like, okay, well, then you know what? I'm going to go do other stuff, and then maybe tomorrow it'll be more fun, you know? Yeah, I always go up to people, because I skate Skater's Edge a lot, because I live 10 minutes from there. Yeah. And uh, whenever I see people, 
I always say hi because, you know, as you already know, I'm just going to say it to say it on the podcast, but you already know everything I'm saying. I always say hi to people because I feel like skateboarding is a community and there has to be some ice broken when you meet new people or there's people at the park and old people. It's just like if you're always nice and say hi and you get to skate with each other, it's always so much more fun than just like whatever. But um, yeah. um, what I say is like, hey, how's it going? Must be good. Or like I say, hey, how's it going? And then I usually stop them before they answer and I'm like, well, you're at the skate park. So I don't know why I always ask that. I'm like, you're at the skate park, so it's got to be pretty good. Because most people work jobs and are bogged down by other things. So when they finally get free to go to that skate park or wherever they are, that's like their joy. They're like, I'm free. I can just go have fun, you know. And being a sponsored skateboarder for so long, I always had, like, I would abuse skating to the point where, you know, I skated too much. And I'm just injured and injured and injured. And then... Now that I, I work a job now, and as I do, it's like any free moment I get to go skate, which I still skate, I skate more than I ever have now, but it's only because I, 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 I have stuff to do. I have, like, I'm being taken away from, with this job and with all I need and other things, it pulls me away. So now that just makes me want to skate more, cause I, it's like when you go to school and you're waiting at school and you're looking at the clock and you're like, God, I've been here for this long and like, can't wait, get, we can't wait to get out and skate. And that's like, that's I feel like a little kid in school now, so I end up skating. I skate a lot still, so but uh, yeah, it's I nice. I get it That's... relate because it's like when you can't do it whenever you want, you have to wait till you do it after you do your work. It's way more rewarding. Absolutely, like I, I fully fully agree with you on that one, man. Because it's precious at that point. You're like, oh, I've been working eight hours, and then I got to go home and deal with this and that. But when I get free, I'm gonna just go carve around. I don't even care. You don't even care about like what tricks you do. You're like, I just throw my board down, and as soon as I step on it and roll like and carve a little bit, that's the feeling, you know? Dude, it's you know what it is. It's like it's almost like uh, having dessert. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you love a good dessert. I'm a dessert man too. You have dessert, like, once a week, and you're just like, holy shit, that was awesome. But if you have dessert every fucking meal, you're just fat. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can't, you can't maybe, just have dessert. Yeah, maybe you still enjoy it, but, like, I don't know. I, I always like kind of uh, kind of waiting a bit, and then I just I like skating, and I like being able to do it, you know, a little bit more sporadically. And what I'm really excited about is that, um, as a person, I'm able to deal with that, you know? Yeah. Like... Because I was concerned about it, and once I had that last knee surgery, I was like, okay, I can live without skating, but I don't want to. And now I feel like, all right, cool, you know, it's okay. Like, I I don't have to skate this week, straight up. Like, I don't have to skate for two weeks, but that's not going to change me as being a skater, and that's not going to change the fact that I still want to go skating. It's just that, you know, I'm almost 30 years old. Like, life becomes more than just skateboarding and and I'm I'm psyched on that. Like I like that. I like it. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, I always I always I love old people, Andrew. I really do. <laughs> I love like I, I I feel like life only gets better if you try. If you're trying to grow and trying to like um, enjoy life and trying to like really be present and and you're really trying to just like succeed at life. You, I feel like life only gets better because you get more mature. Like, I think back, like, this is what we're discussing right here. It's like, I, I'm mature enough to know that, you know, if I don't skate, if I only skate twice a week, that's enough. Like, yeah. whereas when I was young, I was like, if I don't skate every day or if I have to get a job, I won't be able to be a pro skateboarder. And then none of that is true. That's just immaturity. That's just 
selfishness. That's just you going, no, this is what I want. Not what I need, but what I want. And I'm just going to make these lies up. So I'm just forced to like act a certain way. But as you get mature, you're like, no, actually, if I take some time away from my board and I have a family that loves me and I can give to them and they give back to me, that gives me more confidence. I have a happy home. That's going to make me skate better. If I have money coming in, oh, guess what? I have money. I can pay my bills. You know what that brings? Comfort, confidence. Now I'm not stressing. Now I have a little bit of money. Guess what? I can learn tricks faster because I'm not stressing and I know that I got my bills paid and I, I can go to the skate park and have fun and learn even faster. It's just maturing and, and I think the people that mature and uh, I like that we have these podcasts and we talk because there's a lot of kids out there listening. And, and the fact is, it's like if you can mature and you can verbalize it, you can help other people mature faster. And it, just because you're maturing doesn't mean you're old either. Like kids at 16 mature and faster than some 41 year olds, you know, and I'm always in awe of that. And I think it's because of the communication. If we talk and share our thoughts and ideas, it can help us all grow faster and mature, you know. Totally. And you're a fine adult there, chap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, man, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna hit the road, man. My girl just got home. I'm surprised the dogs didn't freak out. But Andrew, I just want to say I love you, man. You're awesome. You too, buddy, man. I'm stoked you're still doing it. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that last, that fucking, that Shetler opus. I want to see the fucking, <laughs> the one. So. I'm, I'm sitting on some footage right now that I'm very, very proud of. And I don't know. I still, uh, skateboarding keeps me up at night and and I'm always in, what's always driven me in skateboarding is like not the like if I can do the biggest stairs or the biggest this I just always I, I'm always in, in awe when I can learn new tricks like I never like I always dream about them and think about them and then it's so crazy when you skate it I've been skating for 17 18 years you know and it's like you feel like the the well's gonna run dry but it just never does it's like it just takes like time to like hit a new plateau and then you you start learning different with things and more style or different it's just like it's endless and it's i don't know i don't the fire is in me still so i'm pretty stoked to put out my next part and we're working on all i need video for summertime and and billy and billy drown and cory goonan are hitting that maturity level where i'm like their parts are going to be fucking insane you know that rules man yeah I'm stoked, man. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I wish you all the success with everything you're doing with the NHS family and with your own family and twins. And it's amazing to just see you, a happy, healthy adult that has just, like, battled his way to this really epic life that you're at right now. It's um, You make me very happy, Andrew. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm fucking stoked for what you're doing as well. Tell, tell your lady I say hi and tell the dogs I say hello as well. I will. And before you go... Could you tell, if people wanted to reach out to you, I, if you don't want them to, that's fine, but if there's any social media that you'd like to plug or anything coming up with any of the brands or any cool stuff that you might want skate shop owners or people to know, because this podcast goes out to skate shops across the world and all types of people, dude. I have a huge network that I send this to, and if there's anything you'd like to plug or just talk about or share with them. Uh, I mean... I mean, thanks to everyone for just supporting me in general over the past however many years, you know. Uh, a lot of people have been really cool and, like, carrying over their support from, like, when I was doing the skating stuff and now being like, dude, it's rad that you're doing what you're doing. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's fucked, man. I mean, I'm on Instagram, just Andrew Cannon. So, awesome. hit me up. I'm, you know, I'm busy, but I've, I've actually cut my social media shit down big time and I don't spend hardly any time on it because I'm 
so busy, but you know, I I'm always, you know, I always still appreciate anyone, even if it's just like, dude, Santa Cruz sucks. This is what would make it cool. Like, fuck all day. Anything for OJ and Santa Cruz. Like opinions are. I love opinions. So I fucking want to hear every one of them. Hell yeah, Andrew. Once again, man, thank you, and I'll, and I'll talk to you soon, brother. Sounds good. Take care, Shetler. Later.